Hello and welcome to episode three of Carp Cogs. And today we have our first guest. He's a match angler, pleasure angler. Um, he's been in the game for quite a while, um, so he knows his stuff. He has written um, some articles in Talking Carp, mostly about his angling experiences and how these angling experiences have helped him just generally get through life because as, as many battles that this guest has had, fighting big fish he's had many battles in his personal life the mental side um, mental health and how it can really help you with carp fishing and uh, yeah make everything really really nice in your life i'd like to introduce um, our first guest who is matthew allen hello matthew good evening Reza. how are you mate i'm very good great to hear from you buddy and to you mate and to you it's nice to uh, nice to chat after all the messaging and uh, and uh, and things it's uh, it's good to talk mate yeah, it is very good to talk. Um, right, so we just shall we just get down to it? Um, just want to know a little bit, you know, how you got into angling, really, and just tell the listeners what set you off on your on your journey in this great sport. Uh, well, going back many many years ago now, which I can say because I'm starting to get into the realms of getting old. Um, many many years ago, I think I was around five or six. I used to love going down the lake with my dad. And when he was fishing on his own or with his friends and uh, trying to, you know, do my bit to help and things like that. And I remember when, when, when he or one of his friends were sort of into a fish, I'll be there sort of trying to net it for them or, or trying to, trying to, you know, hold on to the fish and them holding on to me. So I'm not trying to get pulled across the lake by these, uh, by these, you know, these 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 animals, these fish that just pull so hard, and I was just, I was absolutely infatuated with with the with with the power of them and the, just the majesty of the, these animals, and I just loved being outdoors, and so I started going fishing with my dad, and you know, started off the old traditional way on a, on a float with luncheon meat, which was my dad's favourite bait, so that obviously became my favourite bait, and. I remember going down the lake with him and being chased around the lake because we're up. I was up a tree every thirty seconds when I was recasting. Did you? Sorry, did you get straight into carp, or did you actually do? Your, did you do the uh, you know the roach, and did you start <clears> off with that? Yeah, or? no, no, uh, yeah, no. Did did some silvers as well. Um, yeah. So my brother was um, my brother sort of started tagging along as well, and uh, he he just loved having a, a pot of maggots on the bank. And he loved putting the maggots in his mouth because it would make them wriggle faster. And, and um, you know, w- we started catching a few silvers. But I, I very quickly just, I just loved the power that carp had. You know, the, the pulling back, the stripping line off, of a, off the spool. Yeah. The, I, just, I just loved that feeling, that buzz, the buzz of adrenaline you got when, when, a, when a carp let you know that, you, you know, it was on the end of the line. Yeah. And um, and that's what really got me into it. And uh, um, so yeah, doing do, doing a few years on on the on the floats with lunch and meet with dad, and um, and then progressed to the the old fashioned silver bank sticks with a bottle top. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember and, them. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, sitting there with my dad and the bottle top flapping around, and me sort of saying to dad, "So what do I do now?" And uh, <laughs> he, he would <laughs> he would come over and, and, and strike the rod, pass me the rod, and then hold on to me for dear life while I was trying to play these, you know, yeah. five, six, seven pound carp in. And yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember 
I was about nine or ten, and I caught a ten pounder, and I, I, I genuinely thought I was, I was amazing, and you know, just the, the feeling of catching a double figure carp back in those days was just. What, what, what year were we looking at here? Cool. So I would have been, you know, six or seven at the time, and I'm turning thirty nine on Saturday. So, uh, oh, happy birthday! Yeah, look, yeah, thanks very much, mate. Um, so yeah, right. about 30, 30, 32 years ago. So well into sort of not the nineteen nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's you know that's um, it's probably when the wave of carp fishing, I think, for the masses. Yeah. Sort of really started to kick in, didn't it? I, it I know really, it, was, it really did. It really yeah. did. And then, um, and then I sort of went for there. And I remember when I got to around sort of sixteen. At 16 was that magical age where you could go down the lake from dusk till dawn, you know, w- you know, with your mates. Didn't need yeah. to have a senior angler with you. You could have two rods. And obviously, having two rods and being able to put two rods out was just like, you know, something amazing. And you have your old optonics there. And you could only fish straight out from your optonics because they had such short little ears. If you fished off to the sides of your optonics, every time you got to take your robbers off off the off the top of the optonics, yeah. and um, yeah, so I remember, I remember like through my GCSEs and my exams, we you know, we were all down the bank and you know trying to do our homework and our coursework while fishing, and um, you know we spent, you know, I, in my articles I, I write about a couple of my friends and you know one of my noddy nightmares that, that we would talk about is about one of my friends from those days and. And we just spent so much time down the lake. And that's one of the things I love. I think I wrote a little bit about in the articles is, is my son, uh, who's seven, he started getting into carp fishing. And both, you know, my wife and I love the fact that he's potentially got a hobby there that will mean he's not like the same as us, not necessarily going out, drinking, going down the park, getting into trouble, you know, making friends and, and, and learning new skills, learning about camping and, yeah. yeah, so, and then as I was going through my teens and going down the lakes and, you know, we were down there getting massive hits of fish and doing all the junior night matches and things like that, you know, the good old-fashioned days when you were fishing sort of feeders and, um, you know, and uh, smashing out ridiculous numbers of carp. Um, I started then, as I got a little bit older, wanting to see if I could try my hand at catching anything bigger. And then yep. I sort of went through a, 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 a you know a few years of you know bouncing around a few other lakes and um, you know eventually um, you know had a couple of goes in France as well and started you know joining the twenty club and the thirty club. So and... so when, sorry. So when was your first experience in in France? Was that was that in the so early, first? That... Uh, no, I remember it really well. My first experience in France was. Um, it was a year before, so my second experience in France, I just met my wife and that I, I met my wife in 2009. And so the, um, the, no, sorry, not 2009, 2000, uh, 2007. And she's calling out from the living room and that's me in the doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> that's me in trouble. Yeah. Ears of a bat. <laughs> um, yeah, so 2007, I met my wife. So 2006 was the first time I went over to France and um, absolutely amazing trip. I literally had just caught my first English 30. Um, so yeah. I went out there thinking, you know, I've got this conquered. They'll be crawling up the line. It'll be amazing. 
and complete leveler of a trip. Only caught one fish, and I caught that on the last night. Fell in the lake. You know, I remember playing the fish up to my neck in water with my mates all running around the bank thinking that's hilarious. <laughs> and, um, it's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> it is quite funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I, I was, I was, the, the, yeah. um, the fish was just kite, kiting right and kiting right and kiting right. So I literally had the butt of the rod in my hand and I was crutched down, crouched down on the jetty of the swim with the, with the rod butt in my hand just trying to get something on the fish. And next thing you know, splash. Oh, you know, it's a good fish. Uh, it was, it was, a, it was a, I think, 28, 29 pound common. So even then, it, for France standards, it was a bit sort of like I'm up to my neck in water on the last night. In a couple of hours, I've got to pack up. I'm frozen solid. I'm shivering. And I went diving for probably one of the sort of the average stand carp in the lake. But didn't yeah. blank. So it was worth going in. Oh, yeah. It's definitely worth going in for a fish, especially when you yeah. spend all that time and money and effort to get to Yeah, go. yeah. But I must say, actually, um, it makes me laugh looking back on it now. I was with two of my friends. I was with um, my friend Zach, who, again, I've written about uh, a few times in the articles, and uh, my friend Adam. Um, and we got there, and you're saying about you know, young lads in France, 2006, first trip. We've driven out there. We've rented a van, you know, the whole experience. And, um, you know, spent way too much money on bait and everything like that, and beer. And we got there, and it was one of the sort of the the um, the owner lives on the lake. It's like his house is on the lake and everything like that. And I remember him now. His name was Larry, um, and he came out to meet us, and he was really funny with us, like a bit standoffish. And okay. we, I mean, we were walking around following him, and he was just sort of walking us around, like going, "Yeah, there's a swim, and there's a thing," and you know, he was really funny with us, really standoffish. And we sort of then finished the walk around. He says, so I'll leave, leave you boys to get going. I'll come down and see you later, make sure you're all right kind of thing. And his house was across the bank and it was sort of, the bank was raised up and his house was sort of a, just sitting above the lake site on, on an elevated platform on the bank. And, um, and I remember we were starting to set up, we'd done the draw and because I'd just literally come off the back of like a week from heaven and like I was just saying, just caught my first, um, PB at 39.8 um, in England um, I sort of said to the boys I'll take I'll take in the middle swim you guys go where you want I'll, I'll take the hit because I've just had you know, the week from heaven so we're, pl- we're plotting up to my left is Zach to my right is Adam and um, all of a sudden Larry comes running down the bank with a shotgun in his hand and <laughs> Like I said, you know, looking back on it now, we can all make sense of France and the, the ways of managing the lakes and everything like that. And do, uh, but looking back on it, you know, from young lads, it's like, oh my god, this guy who obviously didn't want us on the lake was really funny with us. He's running down the bank, pointing a gun in the direction of Zach. So me and Adam have shouted out, Zach, duck. So all three of us have dived in a ditch behind the swim, thinking he's about to shoot us. But it obviously transpires there was a massive koi pew in the swim, and he, I was obviously trying to deal with to deal with the, the vermin, <laughs> the vermin problem he had in the lake. And we're thinking, oh my god, what are we doing? We're in the middle of nowhere. There's a psychopath living up here. We've never been to France before. Anyway, it actually transpires. Larry was the nicest guy on the planet. Yeah. The week before that, he'd had some young lads on the lake and they'd been a complete nightmare. 
complete yeah, nightmare. So obviously, when we turned up, he thought, "Oh no, here we go again." And yeah. and that was the first experience of France. And um, subsequently, now I've, I've, I've fished some amazing waters in England, and yeah. I've been to France now five times. Wow. Um, yeah. Fishing, I fished the main Goncourt three times now, which is a fantastic fishery. Um, yeah, can't speak highly enough about the main Goncourt. Is that and, in the south? Um, yeah. Sorry. Is that in the south? Yeah, uh, no, it's about three and a half hours in from um, from the crossing. So oh, okay. it's in yeah. Champagne region. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're usually, gone... I'm just going to say, usually find that when you actually travel in France, you have to, I mean, I found that a lot of the best lakes are probably six and a half hours. So that's, that's, that's a yeah, good no, lake no, to have so close. About, yeah, no, about three and a half hours and, um, We've actually found like an, like a, the equivalent of an Airbnb just around the corner from the lake from the lakes now. So instead of doing the whole early morning on a Saturday, now we go down we, we go down on the Friday, stay over the night before, and then we're literally like two minutes from the lakes. We get on the lake plenty of time. We're not tired. And the yeah. Airbnb over there, it's like ten euros a head for the four of us. Yeah, and um, you know it makes it so easy. You can get up in the morning, go and have breakfast. Go and load up on your shopping. You're not rushing the shopping to get down the lakes. You don't have to come off the lake again to go and do another trip because you've forgotten loads of things. Yeah. So yeah, no. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of where the fishing started, and, and and where it is now is, I'm my son's obviously really into fishing now, and the whole family love going down there. And yeah. I've just joined uh, a syndicate, which is a, a, a non-publicity syndicate. So please forgive me for not going into specifics, but no, that's fine. I really want to. I really want to honour honour the rules. Yeah, and um, it's a beautiful, beautiful syndicate. They've got four lakes, and the two lakes that I've been focusing on. One is the the big lake, which has got carp in it. On a good on a good day, it's got carp out there in there to fifty pound. Uh, it, I think the big the big girl goes has gone fifty four in the past. Nice. And they've got another little lake, which is about three acres, which is just full of silvers and full of carp, which I can go down there. I can take the whole family down there. It's behind a gate, which is locked, so no one can walk on the lake. And I can sit there with the kids, get the whip out, flick a few rods out. We can have picnics down there. My wife comes down, and, and that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. So I'm sort of splitting my time between the syndicate, trying to catch one of these beautiful big carp, um, and the other part of my time is down the little lake with my family, letting them all just enjoy carp fishing and just enjoy, you know, enjoy that experience that I had when I was younger. Yeah, no, it's, you know, carp fishing is, for people who don't sort of get it, it's, you know, we don't get it how they don't have a passion in something um, no, to get them through life. No. Um, and that's yeah. what you've, that's what you've found you know, car fishing has done for you. It's 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 really helped you out. Um, more I know so, your... more so this year. I, something's clicked in me this year, and I don't know whether it's. I know we're going to go on to talk about a bit, a few more details around the articles and and and, and the writings. Yeah, but something more's clicked into me this year. Um, I think the fact that I've joined the syndicate now and I've got that that belonging to something where I was just sort of just jumping around a few day tickets or a few local lakes before yeah. that because of time with work. I work in healthcare and yeah. obviously being a dad and a husband and having three children, you have a little bit less time, but that's okay. You know, that's fine. I remember, you know, the days when we used to go and get lost on a lake for a week and then sort of stagger home a week later, uh, you know, along behind us. But, um, um, you know, the syndicate now, it's, it's really lit, lit a fire inside of me. 
and carp fishing's really lit, lit a fire in me. And I, and the fact that my 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 children, especially my middle son, are really into it as well. It just you, you know it's it's, it's ever present. It's there, and it's um, you know even like my son's part of a, a new little football team at the moment, and it transpires that three of the other dads are carp fishermen. So whenever the boys are in the same team, we're on the sidelines talking about fishing experiences, tackle, bait, yeah. occasionally, <laughs> occasionally shouting some support to the boys and then yeah. talking about fishing again and comparing French photos and, you know, things like that. And one of the, one of the dads has just recently got back from Gillum's. So showing us some of his photos from Gillum's and what's really nice is watching monster carp. Um, you know, my wife is like that Thailand place. It's like a really nice holiday. We could do that. And you're thinking, right, I need to phone Gillum's, you know, <laughs> yeah. family holiday, the Gillum's here we go. That sounds great. That yeah, sounds yeah. great. Right. I mean, you know, you've, you've, you've had a fruitful, fruitful carp fishing life. Um, we'll go to, to one of your articles now in, in that article, it, 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 it specifically mentions about, how you battle with anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and it's, it's really good for you to come on here and, and speak these voices because I think, you know, most of us, um, once you've got a few miles on the clock, especially, you're going to go through times in your life where you're going to be up against it mentally, yep. mentally and physically. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I think personally as well, for me, carp fishing has perhaps evaded that for me. Um, mm. I, I think if I haven't had carp fishing in my life, that focus, which I think a lot of anglers may be not aware of if they didn't have that focus, that maybe they would have gone, uh, um, you know, bad in the way of, uh, of, of having some suffering, some sort of mental illness. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the articles is it's funny for, for years I've always said to people I'm never happier than when I'm by a lake and and, and, that, and that, that's not a you know I love my wife dearly and I love spending time with my wife I love you know the little weekend breaks we go on or I love going out with my children but from a from a personal perspective my hobby carp fishing has always been that ever present and it's been it's been something that you know when I'm by the lake even if I'm not catching I've caught enough carp now of varying sizes you know it's not all you know obviously it's about catching but it doesn't matter if i don't catch because just being there in nature it just it clears my mind and it, i find it really relaxing and you know i remember yeah. even years ago when i was young you know my mum and dad were going through a divorce i'd go down the lake and i would just forget all my troubles forget about my worries forget about what's going home going on at home you know, don't get me wrong, there's nothing sinister going on at home. It's just obviously it's, you know, you're seeing your mum and dad a bit emotional. It's not something a, a young person wants to be around. And, you know, and going down the lake, I just, just yeah, just really relaxing. You know, like I was saying earlier, I'd take me to one of my GCSE textbooks down there or one of my, you know, degree or A-level textbooks down there and have a just read yeah. while I'm fishing. And yeah, just loved it. And, yeah. and like I was saying, um, so the reason I wrote the article is I wanted to share with people I was, uh, on Twitter and things, I was noticing that it was so prevalent amongst lots of carp fishermen. And I was talking to a chap on social media who's just got into fishing with his son because of his 
battles with his demons and he was asking for advice so i was one of the people that was like look mate you know here's my details i'm i'm on social media message me you know and if you need to tie, know how to tie a knot or a rig or you know i'm I'm no expert i'm not a sponsored angler or i'm not a professional angler but you know if there's anything i can do to make it a bit better or easier for you mate then you know get in touch and i just noticed that the more you looked and the more you talked there was more people out there that were asking the question you know what can i do to get away from these negative thoughts or this horrible day i've had at work or you know you know the these these dark areas in my mind and and obviously earlier on in the year sort of it was around january february time you know i went to see the gp for a, a routine checkup actually i was i was getting chest pains and the gps got chatting to me and um you know, then sent me on and I, I phoned up and, I was, you know, they got me in to do some, started doing some TBT with this marvellous lad called called George, actually, which is... Just for you, Karen, what's CBT for, for listeners? Sorry, who want to it's uh, cognitive behavioural therapy. So it's predominantly, this, there's obviously with anxiety and depression, there's, there's two types of treatment. With depression, it's more of the, the counselling route. And with uh, anxiety, it's more the CBT, the cognitive behavioural therapy route, which I've, I've, I must admit, I've found fascinating, actually. And it's, it's crossed over into quite a few things. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a senior manager in my normal working day at work in healthcare. And even then, the sort of the cognitive behavioural therapy part of that, it crosses over into so many walks of life. It's actually a, a very interesting topic that's worth delving into even if you don't need to delve into it so anyway so it's 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 february february march time and i work in healthcare and i've just started seeing this lad george because you know i'm pretty low and you know i'm not you know i'm not the most fun to be around at home and you know i'm not the most fun to be around at work and you know low moods and 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 things like that and not really getting much enjoyment out of anything and um and then obviously this you know you know this little virus um came came into fruition and um obviously being in healthcare you know there was no hiding and um one of the things that helped me cope with everything and don't get me wrong i'm i'm no therapist i'm no you know i'm not saying there's a substitute for speaking to the right people and you know my my wife and my children and my family and my friends were really important to me but one of the things I found was a real leveler for me was carp fishing. And so, for example, I was driving up to Manchester for a, a big meeting with work just before lockdown. And um, I was going on, it was on, on a course and I was listening to the radio and it was just negativity after negativity after you know, this person's died and this infection's going on and this is going to ruin this and you're going to lose all your jobs and you're thinking, this is great. You know, I've got four or five hours of driving to listen to this. And I pulled into a service station to do the usual, you know, toilet toilet and coffee stop. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put something on. And I was looking through um, Spotify and, and, and found some podcasts. And I, I, I whacked on some podcasts and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I've got that passion for carp fishing and what the podcasts are doing, which your podcast does and other podcasts do, it, it gets you thinking about carp fishing. 
you know, like I was listening to you and Adam talking the other day about um, Adam's matches um, and, and some of his tactics and things like that. So I'm in the car going to and from work. And instead of thinking about the really, really rubbish day I've had or the problems I've got with this or the worries I've got with this and things like that, you know, I'm listening to you and Adam talking about matches and I've got a match coming up on the syndicate and I'm thinking, how can I adopt this into my fishing and my approach for the match? And, and I've completely cleared my head. So when I'm going to work, I'm not going to work thinking... I haven't done this this morning and, you know, my son's done this and, you know, oh, that person's just cut me up and I'm walking into work thinking, what am I going to get today? And I oh, know I've got to deal with this and I really don't want to do that. I'm just, I'm turning up thinking about carp fishing and, you know, in a really good headspace and it's completely taken my mind off of what I was worrying about. And especially during, during the COVID um, epidemic, like I say, and I was, fairly new to, to to being treated and and going through the going through the motions with with that and i was then thrust into this pandemic like lots of other people were and um you know instead of going to work thinking what have i got what's going to happen today or coming home from work and thinking about what you'd seen or what you'd done or what you'd heard that day i'm listening to these podcasts and I'm laughing at Lee Mozza Morris on the DNA podcast and his introduction. Yeah, yeah that's very good. Oh, I'm wetting myself laughing. And I'm listening to tactics. I'm listening to Mozza on Rainbow thinking, you know, wow, I must try and tie the bollocks ring. Or, you know, I'm, lis- I'm, lis- you know, I'm listening to Fairbrass talking about something and, you know, yeah. love him or hate him. You know, very knowledgeable, passionate guy. Uh, yeah. You know, and Julian Cundiff, love the man. Absolutely yeah, love him. He? he is fantastic. And I must admit, he's sent me a couple of messages about the articles I've been writing, which is yeah. the highest praise in the land. Yeah. And um and, and and just listening to these podcasts, it just clears your mind. So instead of you in your car sat listening to a load of negativity, uh, listening to all this rubbish, you are you're you're thinking about cart fishing, you're thinking about your passion, you're thinking about your hobby, you're thinking about Right, I need to get down the lake. I need to go and you know, and then when you're down the lake, you're in nature, you're clearing your head and it's just it's just so good for you. And one of the advice I would give everyone is, you know, so if you've had a bad day at work or, you know, you've got a bit of a drive or you you know, turn from work, don't listen to the radio, don't listen to a load of rubbish. Whack a cart fishing podcast on and stimulate your brain and get thinking about your local lake and you know, start thinking about things you want to tinker with, like, um, you know, you know, you and Ad were talking about, you know, some bait. You know, as long as you don't stink the house out and upset your missus and your children or the neighbours, make yourself some bait. Or, you know, one of the other great things that I found amazing was, um, and, and again, was writing about in the article, is I started teaching myself some new rigs and or teaching myself some new knots and things like that. And I found myself sitting there of an evening with all the gear out and instead of sitting there on social media reading about the death rate and reading about, you know, everyone's, you know, correct or incorrect perception of what's going on and, and it really sort of over-frazzling your brain, you know, I'm sat there tying a few rigs off and, 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 and get, you know, I had a tinker with a bollocks rig and I remember one of my mates saying to me, there is no way you're going to get two 18 mil wafters just to sit off the bottom critically balanced. 
And I did it first time. I remember sending some photos. Oh, they were oh, done, boys. Blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, the buzz I got from that was absolutely brilliant. And then my seven-year-old is really into carp fishing. He's like, Daddy, can I help you? So the next thing you know, I'm doing a father-son activity, carp fishing related, tying some rigs. I'm passing on my knowledge to my son. And I've completely forgotten about my week at work because he and I are having a good time. My wife's happy because the boys are completely distracted by tying knots and playing with playing with cart rig, rig tackle and things like that. So she's, you know, doing something with my daughter. So they got a bit of girly time and none of us are sat in front of a computer or a telly. And, you know, and it's just how you can use that hobby to, you know, pull your mind away from those those negative thoughts to, from from dwelling in, in in that negativity, and I think um, you know CBT call it a soothing activity. And I joked in my article saying that the old Demolition Man film with Sylvester Stallone, when he came out of the um, in the, when he was sort of re- regenerated or reborn into the into the uh, future, they programmed yeah. him to do crochet and. You know, he was joking, saying, I can do this knot now and this knot now, and this is all part of my therapy and things like that. You know, doing little tinker things with mm. cart fishing of an evening, you're not yep. sat there worrying about your job. You're not wor- sat there worrying about your next bill. You're not sat there. It just, it cuts it just out. Takes you, it just, yeah, it does. It's takes it cuts out the noise, doesn't it? It does. It just, yeah. It, it takes your mind, you don't dwell in anxiety, you don't dwell in low mood, it takes your mind off of it. And then the next thing you know, I'm sending my dad some pictures of the rigs that my son and I have been playing with, and he's got back to me and he's like, Matt, can I come round and can you show me how to do some of those? And, and I didn't even realise, you know, the guru who showed me how to cartfish can't even, you know, he's got back into cartfish in the last sort of 10 years. He can't even tie a hair rig. I didn't even realise, but he was buying all his hair rigs off the internet. So I'm like, Dad, <laughs> you know, let me show you how to do it. So my, my, my son and I, so my son's now interacting with his granddad, which don't get me wrong, he does anyway. But you know, and then obviously to do all this, you know, you know, you need to buy some stuff. And um, cart fishermen, we all love a little trip to the tackle shop, don't don't we? Oh, it's, you know, I mean, you know, going on, I mean, going online is dangerous. You know, if you go on Angling <laughs> you Direct, you know, all, all, uh... all those, all those jokes. You know, don't, don't show the wife the the, the receipt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, so all of a sudden you've had a bit of fun and you got out of the house and you know you've done all that and you you know I'm I'm sharing these rigs and these ideas with my son and my dad and my son's showing my dad how to tie a tie a spinner rig or something like that and it's just brilliant. It's just just great fun. So. That's the sort of what the article was about. It was, you know, there's no substitute for the right things and, and, and talking to people and and admitting what's going on with you. And, you know, me turning around and saying to my wife, I'm not in a good place, best thing I've ever done. Because, yeah. you know, best thing I've ever done. And, um, and, now, and now, you know, carp fishing is prevalent in the life. I've been fishing more this year than I probably have in the last four or five years put together. Uh, you know, the kids are coming with me and I'm a better person at work because I'm turning up, not thinking about crap and rubbish and, you know, and it's, and it's use that, use that passion to more in your day to day and, and, and use it to help take your mind away from, from, you know, 
the stuff that's going on. You know, don't listen to the news. Don't listen to the radio. Stick a carp fishing podcast on. Listen to carp cogs. Listen to, you know, listen to anything you like. You know, this, and 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 then start thinking about how you can adapt that into your own fishing. You know, tinker yeah. with your gear, make some bait, and or throw some rigs, and or go down the lake, and you know, like if we're ever short of a, an idea or two to do, we'll go and walk around the syndicate, or we'll go and walk around one of the local lakes, and. You know, I remember during lockdown when, when we were allowed out for an hour a day, we'd walk down to the local carp lake, take a few pop-ups, and the boys are hunting for carp and they're firing pop-ups. And now all of a sudden my son wants to try and be picking them off the surface. Um, so I need to try and now teach myself how to be a better surface angler because I've <laughs> yeah. installed that in him now. So, yeah, it's just that, that's what the article was about. And um, And what I wanted to do is I desperately wanted to if that would made one difference to one person, then it was worth me putting myself out there. Yeah, I think it has. I think it's made a, a, you know, a lot of difference. I think to anyone who's read that article, I mean, if it's okay with you, I will put that on our Facebook face group page. Um, Please do. Please do. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it. Um, you know, I, I must admit, I, a couple of my mates and their other half read it and, you know, burst into tears. You know, I, I showed it to a couple of people at work because at the end of it, I just, you know, I needed to thank a couple of people because, you know, I'm a better person now than I was at the beginning of the year. And they were part of that journey as well. And, you know, they read, they read the article and they've started talking to me. What's, what's this rig thing you've been talking about? And, you know, I've got people that don't know anything about carp fishing. How long you got? Carp fishing <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Come and sit down and I'll pop you to sleep for a couple of hours. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, as you can tell, just talking about it in, in my voice, I'm getting a bit more excitable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just think, I just think it's, it's, it's a marvelous way to take a negative and turn it into a positive. And yeah. um, you know, I would encourage all the listeners, you know, if you if you if you're going for a bit of a crap time, and you know, we are in the midst of a second spike, and certain areas of the country are going through it a bit more than other areas, and you know. I'm sure certain people are, are worried about their, you know, finances or their families and things like that. You know, I'm not saying forget about those things, but you know, use your passion for carp fishing to just take your mind off of it for a few hours. Yeah. You know, if you find yourself sitting there and you're on social media and you're reading about the death rate or you're reading about, you know, people losing their jobs or a recession and things like that, turn that off, block it. And if you're a carp fishing fanatic, go on YouTube and watch a carp fishing video, you know, or watch Julian Cundis, How to Tie a Multi-Rig, and see if you can replicate that. Yeah. And then go fishing with it, fish that multi-rig, if obviously it's the right situation to fish it. And when you catch a fish on that rig you've tied yourself, you know, you're going to get a massive euphoria from that. And yeah. these are all steps to reprogramming yourself to be more positive and to be, you know, to put yourself out there a bit more and be a bit more active and, you know, go and do it, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's, do, what I, that's what I want to say to everyone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's really good. You put yourself across really well. Um, just with the coronavirus itself, as bad as it's been, it's been absolutely fantastic for angling and especially oh, carp fishing. Huge. Oh, massive. Like, um, there's well, near where I live. I live in um, I live in Guildford, in Surrey, and um, um, near where I live, there's um, a second-hand angling shop, 
where in the past I've been in there a few times and they got stock falling out the door. Um, and it's, you know, you can sell your tackle in there or you can pick secondhand tackle up in there. And I was, I can't remember what I was looking for. Um, I think I needed a new bed chair or something like that and, uh, recently. And um, I was talking to my dad about it and uh, I was saying to dad, oh, I need to think about, start thinking about a new bed chair, but obviously working in healthcare, I haven't got loads of money. So I wasn't going to go out and spend loads of money on a new bed chair. And he said, well, why don't you go over to the, the, the second-hand tackle place and have a look? And I said, okay, yeah, great idea. He said, well, I'm going over there tomorrow. I'll have a look. And this is all just after, you know, lockdown started easing and things. Anyway, he went over to the, the second-hand tackle shop, which is uh, near where we both live, and they had nothing in there. There was nothing. So, so bear in mind, before lockdown, you go in this, whenever you went in this place for the last few years, they were full to the brim with carp fishing gear, all second-hand. You know, Dad went in there and there was nothing. There was nothing in there. And he was chatting to the two, two chaps that own the, own the shop or that work in the shop, and they were saying that the amount of people that have taken up carp fishing as a result of lockdown or, or coming out of lockdown, they said, we, just, we, we can't keep it in the shop quick enough. And if you look at what the second-hand market's doing on, like, eBay, and if you look at, you know, Angling Direct, I know everyone's joking that Angling Direct have constantly got things out of stock. But that shows the amount of people that are coming to carp fishing now. And if you look, the latest Corda podcast, and obviously Corda being sort of the, 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 the Nike Air or the Adidas at the moment, I suppose, of, of the carp fishing yeah. scene very popular brand and you know well advertised and well established you know their latest podcast i believe was it was it with frank warwick went to the top of the podcast chart you know yeah this is, a, this, know that, this, yeah. This, this is a podcast where three blokes are talking about carp fishing and it was top of the podcast charts and i think that that alone quantifies just how carp fishing has grown like you, you and I were talking about earlier, that in the early 90s, it started taking off and things. But just since the beginning of the year, carp fishing has gone crazy. And then you look at you know, the monster carp on telly or, you know, the YouTube hits that like Fox and DNA and people like that are getting, you know, tens of thousands of people are, are tuning into this, this. It just shows where the, um, where the industry is now and how popular it is and new generations of carp anglers coming through. It's just, it's just great for the sport. It's brilliant. No, it is. I mean, I think we've, we've got to, uh, to owe a lot to the Anglican Trust because they did oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. go to the government and yes. they, they, they fought our cause. And to be, to be honest, I think that's really when a lot of anglers, and especially carp anglers, actually heard about the Anglican Trust because yes. they haven't done a lot that I'm aware of uh, over the years. So this no. is their opportunity, and I think they, they took it. They did. They did. And um, I read a lot on social media, again, concentrating on the, on the carp fishing theme of social media and things. I was reading a lot about what the Anglican Trust were doing. And, you know, gyms are still closed or, you know, there's, there's certain aspects of life that are still not really got back to full function yet. And yet carp fishing, as soon as the opportunity arose, you know, the, the Anglican Trust were in contact with the government and, you know, they were able to contact all the owners of the lakes and, you know, sort of say that you can open, but under these restrictions during this period of time, they got the guidance and the insurance they could do it. Um, 
and obviously conversely then the quicker that people got back to carp fishing you know the tackle shops and the carp fishing industry came back to life and that all stemmed from the angling trust and i think you know everyone at the angling trust you know should be really proud of themselves and again i think a, a shout out to ali hamidi who's used his um celebrity status to really put people in touch with the angling trust to grow that following for the angling trust and to really help push the sport forward in the right light so the right people were listening to the right information and communicating and breaking down those barriers and you know yeah. I, I think the angling trust and hamidi you know i think we should all tip our hats to them and to say thank you very much because we're back fishing <clears throat> a lot quicker than we potentially would have been if no one had gone and fought, fought, fought our cause. No, you, you're dead right. Um, and yeah, they've just proved their worth. And I think this will hold them a good stead for uh, a good number of years now that they've got this reputation of actually helping out anglers. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact figures. I, I apologise, but isn't, didn't, didn't angling, around the time the Angling Trust were working and communicating with the government to get carp fishing um, re-established again, didn't their didn't their membership go through the roof to like record high levels? So now the Angling Trust are better funded and better supported, so now they can be a lot more proactive in the sport as well. Yeah, it, I, I think it's it, it's been a big lesson for for everyone involved in the fishing industry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, huge, huge. And I think you know, I think the yeah, you know, I was saying, I think the Angling Trust need to be really, really proud of themselves. And I think. Um, like I saying, I think we should tip our hats to Hamidi and, and the Angling Trust for the for the good work that they've done. You know, it's got people back out of the bank quicker. And going back to sort of, you know, what we were talking about, about carp fishing, how it can be used in so many positive ways, mm-hmm. you know, what better way than to go out and do something you're passionate about with yeah. people you're passionate about. And, it, you know, it gets you away, it gets you out of the house, it gets you away from all the all the rubbish, all the negativity, you're on the lake, you're surrounded by all these beautiful animals and it's you versus the fish in nature and uh you know there's no best scenario than that is there no there isn't mate i mean no. i love it i i don't know what i would have done without without angling uh um, no. like no. i said it could have been a precursor if i didn't do it to something more sinister yes exactly um, exactly you know the amount you know i i know i know looking back now that you know when we were teenagers in our early 20s we'd be down the lakes you know, fishing for the weekend or, or, or whatever. And then you hear stories yeah. about one of our mates getting, you know, in a fight or one of our mates, you know, getting into trouble with the police and things. And, and we were down the lakes. We were, we were, we were fishing and, um, you know, and I've got, I've made some really good friends through fishing as well. And, um, yeah. you know, my other group of friends, every time we were all together, like, oh, here we are fishing chat again. But it's, yeah. it's strange how carp fishermen have that bond. They do, you know, instantly. Instant. Instantly you have that bond and, you know, it's funny, like I was saying about the dads at football. As soon as someone mentioned carp, there was just a gaggle of guys, obviously socially distanced, uh, you know, straight away, you can't fishman. Yeah, you can't fishman. And you just start chatting. And it's just a universal language now. Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. I, I, I can spend hours chatting about it. And I think hence yeah. why I love podcasts, listening to the podcast yeah. so much. And I was so excited about coming on and having a chat with you. You know, I really was buzzing. I really was excited for it. Yeah, that's good. Um, 
uh, the, the only thing with going carp fishing is that it can go the other way and it can be a selfish sport or a very selfish sport. Yeah, can, do you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it can go in a direction perhaps where, you know, you're not um, catering for everyday things in life like your bills, mm-hmm. going to yep. work. You may be flogging off work, you know, not going in, yep. down there, I want to do another day's fishing. Yeah. The wife yep. saying, when, when are you coming home? You know, I've got the kids screaming and you're saying, well, I'm yeah. not here. So it can cause issues and problems. And it's just trying to find that balance that's good for your family life. Because yep. uh, I think on the Frank Warwick, um, was it Frank Warwick podcast? I can't remember. It was, it, it was, it was, it was. Um, where he's, and, and, and Ian Jackson as well. Uh, not Ian Jackson, uh, Lee Jackson. Um, where, he's, where he talks about, you know, it's a pity we don't have two lives. One life for a family life where you can do everything with a family. Yeah. Yeah. And another life for fishing yeah. where you can just take on every lake that you can get your hands on. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. life yeah. isn't like that. And you need to have that balance. Um, yeah, to make it both enjoyable. Because usually if 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 one thing's not working, um, then it, it can mess up your fishing a, a little bit. Mm. So. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely a balance that needs to be hit. Um, it, it, yeah, it it, it 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 is, and you know, people say that a work life balance is one of the most important things you'll ever do, and I couldn't agree more. Getting a good work life balance is really important, you know, and then getting a good carp fishing life balance is is important as well because you've got to obviously do your hobby, you know, because that's what makes you you you're you're passionate about it and it and that's part of your dna it's part of your genetics it's part of, it's part of what makes you tick if you didn't have car fishing you wouldn't be the same person that i'm talking to now and um you know so you've got to have that and conversely your partner and your children or whoever they need to have what makes them have their identity mm. um but for me you know like I said, my, my wife and my family come first, you know, and then work then runs second because that pays the bills. And then when I get an opportunity to go fishing, I'll, I'll take my opportunity. And like I was saying, I've been fishing more, more this year than I have done in previous years. And it still, I think, hasn't impacted us at all. You know, mm. and what my wife does sometimes is she'll come down and have a picnic with us. And then, you know, if, if, if any of the kids are feeling a bit bored or a bit cold or a bit fed up, they'll, they'll then go home with her. And I'll stay down there with any of the kiddies that want to stay down there, which is usually the middle son, because I have to pull him off the lake when we're done. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, you, know, you know, we all joke about one last cast. I mean, he, he's, he's literally <laughs> 6,000 last casts, you know. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, I, I, yeah, can't get him off the lake. Um, so no, that's, a, that's, that's it, a great focus for him. It, it, it is, focus. it is. But he he goes to school now, and he talks about it at school, and he does little projects about it at school. Or, you know, he writes about fishing, and he talks to his teachers about carp fishing. So for him, you know, he's just moved into year three at school, and you know, carp fishing and football are two things that he's passionate about that he's used to broke. You know, his teachers who moving up to juniors is a big step for kids. You know, the teachers have used that as a little barrier breakdown for him. Yeah. You know, and again, the leveler, carp fishing, you know, and, yep. and, and, and you know, a seven year old is using that for, uh, uh, for, for his benefit. 
So, um, you know, it's hard. it is hard. And I do know that carp fishing has cost relationships in the past. And, you know, we hear about it on podcasts and we read about it. And to be a professional carp angler that goes, you know, listening to the hours and the dedication that they put in to, to go and catch some of their target fish, that's not necessarily conducive to a long-term relationship, but that's their yeah. choice. And, you know, good luck to them. And I'm sure we all would do that if we could. But, you know, I... You know. Yeah, it's like if if you are if you were to ask an angler, um, what's he going to do when he retires? He'll say, "I'm going to go fishing." You know, I think a carp angler can't wait to retire. Yeah, yeah and I think yeah. if you, if you don't have that work life balance correct, then people who don't know what they want to do when they retire, yeah. I think that's when when you run yeah, into yeah, problems. Yeah. And I find oh, that I'm extremely the difficult. I'm the same. Keep my head yeah, no, I think I think if I was to ask you. You know, if if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would you do? What would you, what would you do? I reckon your answer would probably be very similar to mine, and it would be along the lines of get a lake, go fishing, yeah. <laughs> grow my grow yeah. my own lake, grow my own fish. And, is it, and, isn't yeah? Isn't the guy who does uh, is it Clearwater up in the north? Um, he was very successful with Teletubbies. Yes. And he's got a lot of fish, and he's been criticised for some of the some of the growth rates that he's getting out of his fish. Yeah. Um, and I, he had a record once, but it wasn't counted because I think the weight was seen as too large when he went into into the lake. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I can't think. Is it the monument? And and he's got a yeah, few that's lakes. It. That's it. Monument one, monument two, uh, um, and um, it will come to me probably at about midnight tonight. Yes, I know exactly what I know yeah. exactly what you mean. Yes, I'm sure there's people screaming uh, at he, the radios now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he had that opportunity. He he basically made a lot of money from it, and he thought, "I'm going to buy a carp lake." Yep. And he do exactly what we yep. do because if you're going to buy, let's say, C seven, C eight, you know, you're going to be waiting quite a while for them yep. to to be getting yep. anywhere. So he's obviously he's gone out and he's bought some great fish and he's put them in. And I think most anglers would do that so they could just see their rewards um, well, with, with the money they've got. Well, if you if you know if I gave you know if I gave you five grand tomorrow and said do something carp fishing with it chances are you'd go to france or you would yeah. go you know or, or to italy or to croatia or something like that and the reason you would do that is to go and catch big fish that are you know memory changing fish and you want to create those memories don't you yeah so i take my hat off to him he wanted to do that in england and i think is yeah. it um to name the competition my apologies there's another podcast. I think it's called the Carp Cast. Um, they yeah, they do they do an interview. I think with the chap who, um, who 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 founded all these lakes and had the unofficial British record for a while. And he literally just said, yeah. "It's not about records. It's not about any of this." And in the nicest possible way, I don't care what anyone thinks. I I wanted to have some lakes. I wanted to see if I could grow on carp to big sizes. Because that's where my passion lies. I'm my passion is for big carp, and you know what? Fair play, mate. You, you know, you you had a dream, you had a passion, you're living it, you're doing it. You know, good for you, mate. That's what I. That's no, what I say. And if people don't like the fact that there's big fish out there in these lakes that shouldn't be in the British record books, then then that's that's between that's between them and the, and Guinness World Records. For me, for me, I, I, for me, the, the record thing. I think if there's going to be a record, because I think there should be records, because yes. that's what's got us into carp yeah, fishing yeah. at well, the end of the day, isn't it? You know that 
it's your PBs, yeah. you know, it's that, it's that dream fish, the dick walker yeah. fish, you know, the fish, wow, they don't get that yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's not recorded, then there's nothing to go at. There's nothing to sort of aspire to. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, it's, like one of the things I liked about was my, my, my son catching his, his first decent PB and, 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 and the memories that made. And, you know, my family were, my whole family and my mum were there to, walk, to witness it. And, you know, those memories, you look back at the photos and now I've written about it, I can go look back at the article and, and it, just, it just makes you smile. And in this day and age, you know, you know to make someone smile or to make yourself smile is, it, it, it's really important and really positive. Yeah. I mean, for me, for the British record, I would just basically say any fish, no matter where it's in regards to, as long as it's been in the country, it's been grown in the yeah. country. I wouldn't care if it's been in the stock pond. If you put it in the lake and somebody's caught it, that's the record. I, 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 I would agree with you, Reza. I really would. I would agree with you. You know, I know, because I know, what, this, what I know is it? Pure, I, mean, I know there's purists out there that will probably slaughter us for saying that, but you know, that's just our opinion. I think if you know, if I if I go down to um, you know, in our area, there's a couple of day ticket lakes, and I know that some of it. I believe from Germany or something like that. They're German trainer carp. So if I if I go yeah. over there and, and pull a pull a forty out of there, and I, I, can I say that that's my English PB? I think everyone would agree that I would say that's my English PB. So if a guy goes to yeah. the same, that same lake and pulls out a eighty four pounder or something like that, why can't he say that's yeah. the world record? Uh, the, the the English record. It's it, it's the sort yeah. of the same premise really. Like you were just like you were just saying. So. You know, everyone's going to have their opinions, and that's what makes us all wonderfully different creatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think the argument is a bit flawed when they talk about when, how much of the lake baited. Because I think if you're going to strip it right back, then you can only probably go and catch wild carp. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, true yeah. wild carp, which are, which are pretty non-existent. Yeah, because um, every carp in the land has been affected by man in some way mm. by some management of some yeah, sort yeah, so yeah, yeah so it, it, it's yeah for me i just think the biggest fish in the lake don't matter where it's come from as long as it's grown in this country that's the only stipulation obviously not bringing one across the channel yeah. and, and chucking the lake that's different yeah. but i think if it's been grown in a lake and somebody catches it you know i i just think that's that's uh that's fair game for me i, I agree with you i agree with you but anyway, right, I'm gonna we're gonna get on uh, uh, on a subject. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a, a little laugh. Okay, but uh, it's time for Noddy Nightmares. What is your Noddy Nightmares? I, I was having a little think and I thought I thought of two and um, two, two, two that I look back on now and, and make me laugh. And the first one was um. Again, it just it, it's still looking back now. It cracks me up. And the second one was a noddy nightmare that turned into the biggest piece of luck. I don't think I don't think I don't think you could ever do it. I could ever do it again if I tried. So the first one is many many years ago down the lake with one of my friends. His name was Adam, and um, we were down the lake and um, you know hadn't caught anything all day, and it's been hammering with rain. And we were, st you know, stood in my swim, which is, you know, the swims aren't far apart down there. It's a, you know, it's a proper, you know, squeeze them in kind of lake. And um, we're in my swim and all of a sudden his rod has ripped off. First run of the day and we've been working really hard. 
So he's gone bolting the short distance across to his rods. And as he's got there and tried to stop to hit his rods, his legs have gone out from under him, but he's got the rod in his hand. And it was a beautiful, both legs come out in front of him and he's doing sort of a, a pose a gymnast, a gymnast would find proud of, be proud of. And as he's gone backwards, he's literally, the momentum of his arms going up in the air, he's thrown his rod up in the air into a tree. So we've then had to, we've still seen the rod up in the tree. We need to deal with this. You know, there's, you know, there's a carp on the end. So we've picked up his other rod with the eye of the hook, uh, the eye of the eye of um, the end of the rod. We've managed to tweak the line yep. down and we've had to hand play this carpet at about 80 yards out. So we've got all this bundle of line on the floor in front of us. Managed to get the carp in, weighed it, popped it back and yeah, complete nightmare. And it still to this day, I've just got this vision of my mate going up in the air and first run oh, of the day, fair. working really hard and he's chucked his rod up in the top of a tree. it's still now just to to this day it just it just makes me laugh it just you then moments you just think why there's no one recording this with a video i even think that was probably just it's slightly before mobile phones and and the joke of it is is i'm meant to be there helping him but i'm on my knees you know crying with laughter because we've got no waterproofs on so he's gone flat in a puddle that's the rest of the day he's looking like the honey monster you know, just, just brilliant. It was so funny. And then the other one, which was a complete noddy nightmare. But again, I don't know how I got away with it. Was um, when I was telling you about uh, back in two thousand and seven, just before we went to France. I had that dream week carp fishing, and I caught my English PD. Yeah. So anyway, I was going for a bit of a, a rut, and hadn't really been doing very well. And went down uh, a day ticket water that had some really big fish in it, and my, and I got down there and I literally within the first half an hour banged out a big twenty, a, a decent sized twenty, and then an upper double. So I'm going into the night thinking, yes, brilliant. Problem being is because I've caught a couple of fish now, I've relaxed, and obviously at some point in the night I've gone into a really deep sleep, and. I've turned over and I've got, I usually sleep like most carp anglers do facing the door on my side. So if anything happens, I'm there. I've got a direct line of sight on the door, on the lake, on the rods, on the alarms. For some reason in the night, I turned over at the back of my bivy and I had my back to my rods. So unbeknown to me. So anyway, at first light, I had an absolute ripper, complete one toner on, on my right hand rod. So I've got gone to get out of my bed chair and gone autopilot to fly out my bed chair, but obviously I'm facing the wrong way. So I've fallen off my bed chair, fallen at the back of the bivy, still can hear this alarm going. <laughs> so I've then turned around, tripped over the bed chair again, fallen flat on my face, and pulled the door and the mozzarella top of me still one toner going and i know that there's 40 in this water so i'm panicking thinking if i don't get here soon it's going to be wrapped around a snag blah 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 adrenaline going all over the place because again i haven't caught many carp recently so i'm really like oh i gotta get to the rods and then i've fallen out the front of the door and i've got my rods right near the front of the door because i want to be on them really quickly 
And as I've fallen out the door, I've fallen on my rods. And I've completely scattered all my rods everywhere and the pod everywhere. But the joke of it was, is as I literally was looking up, the rod that was running, everything else scattered everywhere, it just flipped up into the air. And I put my arm out, caught it, flicked the bait runner on, struck, and I was just into it. I was just there, near, on my knees, <laughs> with a mozzie net around my head, towing a bivy behind me, on my knees, rods everywhere, with a rod in my hand, connected into a 39.8 mirror. Well, that's all I mean, worth it, isn't it? How, the, how do I do that? Crash everything. We do, you know. out the bivy, fall on the oh. rods, and the one rod that's running just skips up into the air, sort of almost levitates there for me to put my hand out, crack, and I'm in. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're, they're my two that really sit in my head. Oh, it's, it's, it's that sound of the alarm oh. going. That's what it is. It, just, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you hear it. You just, it's just panic stations. I, I mean, that's, that's count ten. You've got to count to yeah, ten, know, but you don't. Know. You just go. Like I was saying, um, the little lake on the syndicate we've been down um, a few times with, with, with my children. I was sitting there the other day, and it's a couple of hours, and we haven't had a touch, I haven't had a knock. And that's pretty normal down there. It does take the car for a little while to get on you, but once they're on you, they're on you. And I'm sitting there, and I've, you know, you know, the, the little ones are just to my right with the whip, and I'm thinking, right, rods are fine, everything's fine. I'm going to make a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee on the go. And bear in mind, I caught hundreds and thousands of carp to very big sizes. And in this lake, if I... If myself or one of the boys catch a 15-pounder out of here, we've done well. You know, it's just it's just a big mm. hit of sort of anywhere between 5 and 10-pound carp. And I had a couple of beats. And I turned around really quickly and dropped my coffee. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know for a fact you're on top of the rods. You know for a fact there's nothing that, in the water that's going to be, you know, out of your comfort zone. You don't need to be on your rods that quickly because you're sitting next to them. Why are two bleeps making you drop your coffee on the floor? And, and this is what, exactly why we keep going. It's that buzz. Yeah, it's that, that adrenaline clear. rush. You know, it's, it's hearing a bleep and watching my seven-year-old son tear across a swim. You know, right. You're gonna, you're gonna pass, you're gonna pass that on to him. You realise oh, that he's, he's, he's gonna have. I know, I know. I mean, you know, he's already worked on his first noddy nightmare. I've already lost two, two catapults <laughs> and a throwing stick where he wanted to have a go. <laughs> <laughs> and I, if you don't mind me saying, I'm, I, I was talking to in the in the articles one of my friends Zach. Um, I, you know, I wrote a really beautiful um, piece about a memory that I made with Zach, and I, I'll say about carp fishing is all about making memories. Um, I, I can talk about it if you want me to, but I was, yeah, you go for it, yeah. And I was saying about the podcast tonight and coming on and things like that, and um, he's saying, "Mate, you've got to tell me when it's out. I need to listen to it." And I was saying, "Mate, I've got to think of a couple of noddy nightmares. It's one of the features the guys do." And he was, like, "Oh, that's brilliant!" And he said, oh, "One springs to mind for me," and I was like, "What's that?" And um, he, he and his mate, many years ago, before mobile phones, went fishing, and his mate's dad took him down the lake. And they got down the lake, and he said, right, I'll meet you back here at, I don't know, 8 o'clock, don't be late. And they both turned around to each other and went, have you got a watch? No, have you got a watch? No. And he said, right, here's my watch, no excuses, I want you back here at 8 o'clock. 
and I'll take you both home. Now, that, this watch was a Rolex, just to set the scene. So anyway, they've gone up to the swim, they've set up, they're getting themselves ready, started baiting up, and they, they're mixing up a few ground bait balls to throw out where they're fishing. So they broke the catapult. So um, Zach's, Zach's friend Andy's turned around and gone, oh, do you know what? I've got a good throw on me. Give it here. I'll throw him out. As he's thrown the first ball out, <laughs> they've heard two plops <laughs> instead of one plop. And they looked at each other and gone, did you throw something out? What are you doing? What happened there? And then he looked down at his wrist and realised that his dad's Rolex has flown off his arm as well oh, and gone dear. 30, 40 yards out into the middle of the lake. And oh, if that if that's not a nightmare, I don't know what is. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. God. I bet he's dead. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I must admit, I own, I own a Rolex. I, I wouldn't have got into that situation in the first place as a Rolex owner. I would have just said to my son, look, uh, you know, when the sun starts yeah. moving in that direction, have a little guess and move your way back <laughs> down here. But <laughs> um, yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have got a nice watch to wear. Um, no, the um, one of the so the articles that I've written, the three articles is cart fishing more than just a passion. Cart fishing more than just a passion, uh, precious memories because cart fishing is about making memories and building bonds and things like that. And um, the third article I wrote was I was exploring what Julian Cundiff calls the seventy percent angler, and what makes us a seventy yeah. percent angler, or what makes you better than a seventy percent angler, and things like that, and what things you can do to give yourself that little edge over the next person. And anyway, in the in the second article on making memories, we were. You were talking about that that work life balance between fishing, and just before we went to France, uh, a few months before we went to France, Zach's dad sadly passed away, and um, his dad loved loved watching Zach carp fishing, and you know, carp fishing for them was a little bond that he had. His old man would come down, sit by the lake with him, they'd have a Chinese few beers, and his old man loved hearing about his catch reports. And then Zach also was part of running his own building business. And that was a complete, you know, he was having loads of issues with the building business where he'd have time off sorting out things with his dad and things. And um, and then about a week before we were due to go out to France, his van blew up. And he was just like, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. I don't care how much money it wastes. I'm not coming. And, I, you know, we all between us had a little chat with him saying that, mate, no, come on, it's France. It's cart fishing. It'll take your mind off a bit. You need, you need a break. You know, even if you just pub shut the rods out for a couple of days or don't even fish, just have a couple of barbecues, a few beers, just come and be with the boys. It'll take your mind off of it. You know, we can rent a van. We can, you know, we can take a couple of cars. We can sort this. Anyway, he, he sort of the, the 11th hour sort of said, no, no, I am coming. We got the van and off we go. Anyway, so we got out there, you know, done the draw. There's the four of us. And um, Zach came out fourth in the draw. And you just think, you know, what, what more has this boy got to do to get a bit of luck at the moment? And funnily enough, fourth in the draw, I came out first in the draw and my swim obviously was doing form and Zach was fishing to my right. So I sort of said to him, mate, you know, if you want to get your left hand rod as far my way as you can, do it. And we went out in the boat together and found this beautiful gravel spot sort of towards my swim you know, midstream, and he was like, that's got to get a bait on it. I was like, mate, do it. I'm happy where I am. You fish that spot. Perfectly happy. Anyway, the week's gone on, and, you know, Kevin and Ben are having a stinker. 
Zach's had a pretty good week. He's had a, you know, a couple of thirties and a, and, a, and a low forty and a few other fish. And I'm having a blinder of a week. I've had about five or six forties, loads of thirties, loads of twenties. You know, I've had a forty pound grass. You know that kind of thing. I was having an amazing week, and um, we got to the Friday, and I my rods were all in the water. I'm all ready for the night. I'm in dry, fresh clothes. You know, everything done. And I sat behind Zach's swim, and he's just doing his last rod driving the boat out to the rod that's um, in, you know, in my area, sort of, you know, between our two swims. He's driving the boat out, gets it out to his, you know, his, his, his H block, drops the bait, puts, tightens the rod up, does the little dilly-dally with the rod. I'm sat behind him having a, having a little beer and a ciggy, and he puts the rod down, loosens the bobbin off slightly just to allow for a bit of line tightness and sinkage and things. And as he picks the remote up for the boat, now, we're all carp fishermen, so we know that, that from setting that bobbin to turning around and picking his remote up was, what, 10 seconds, 15 seconds? And his rod tightened up. And he's like, oh, m- mate, my line must be settling. I was like, mate, that aggressively? I said, I don't think so, mate. I said, you want to hit that? He's like, mate, that wouldn't have gone off that quickly. I was like, mate, you want to hit that? And then it tightened up a bit more, and there was a little click on the reel. I was like, Zachy, you've got to hit that, mate. So he wound down and hit it, and he was it. And he started playing it in, and I was like, "Do you feel any good?" And he was just quiet. I'm thinking, he's quiet, he's concentrating, and he's gone a little bit red in the cheeks. Hmm. Okay. And so I'm sat there quietly, and I was like, Are "Any good?" He's like, "No, nah, it feels like a grassy." Well, if it feels like a grassy, why are you concentrating so hard, mate? Shut up, Matt. Right. Okay. Okay. So obviously it's obviously okay. Quite good. <laughs> So I've got his net, and I, I, I'm stood at, you know, there's a slight drop down the bank to the, the water's edge in his swim. So I'm standing at the top, top of the bank, you know, it's about sort of two, three foot drop down. And he's coming in, and obviously Kev and Ben have walked over because they, you know, heard me giving him a bit of stick. And they're like, that feeling any good, mate? Nah, I feel small. And we all looked at each other going, okay, okay. Well, he's looking a bit rosy in the cheeks, so the blood pressure's up. Anyway, as I stood there, I saw his head up here and I dived down the bank got up to my waist in water and netted this fish as soon as I saw it and that was my wet clothes my dry clothes sorted for the night and anyway had a look and obviously the three voices behind me any good and I said that's bigger than anything I've ever seen in my life anyway to cut a very long story short it was 60 pound four ounce 60 pound eight ounces mirror cup and Zach went to France wanting to try and join the 50 club and he bypassed the 50 club, had a little urinate on it and jumped into the 60 club. And um, anyway, yeah, we did all the photos and, you know, did the water shots, made sure we got the fish back nicely. And Zach Pops is, you know, was sorting himself out. And I went up to the hut and I thought, oh, I'm going to go and have another ciggy and a, and a cup of tea. And then I'm going to get myself dried off. You know, I've only been dry about half an hour. And um, as I sat there, up, so there's like a little communal area. You know, like most French waters have got a little, like a little uh, hut where you can put your gear in and fridge and freezers and things. And we're up on yeah. a little bench. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really yeah. overcast. And I was sat on there and as Zach came up, he, he sat next to me. And um, I'm not exaggerating. I'm genuinely not exaggerating. He sat next to me and he said, oh, can I nick a ciggy off you? And I was like, of course you can, mate. And we're having a beer. And he's like, I can't believe that. That was amazing. And he said, on the drop. And, you know, if you weren't there, I wouldn't have hit that. And he was like, oh, mate, you know, not a problem. 
And he said, and he just looked at me and you can sort of see the tiny bit of emotion. And he said, I, w- I wish I could tell my dad that about it. And as he said that, the sun beamed down just on me and him. Nowhere else on the whole lake, just beamed down on me and him. Not exaggerating, the sun just beamed down on me and him. And I just looked at him and said, I've got a funny feeling he saw it and he heard you. And, you know, we both shared a little moment. And I think, you know, that's a wonderful depiction of how carp fishing can, again, be such a great leveller. It is. And it's, it can it's, change it's everything. It's made a beautiful Can't memory. You know, we look back on it now and we laugh, we cry, you know, and and even now when I wrote it, I sent it to Zach and he rang me up crying. You know, I, I, I hope he doesn't mind me telling him, telling everyone his darkest secrets. Um, you know, and, and, and he just said, you bastard, you've got me again. That's two articles in a row where you've set me off. And, you know, and, 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 and that's cart fishing, isn't it? It, 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 it produces memories. It brings people together. It, it has so many wonderful uses and, 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 and aptitudes to, to different people in different walks of life. And, you know, and that's one of the things I've, I, I wanted to talk about and I, I've been focusing on, you know, just what it can bring to you, you your family and all, all those precious memories or, you know, people that are not here anymore and you can remember them really fondly through, you know, you know, I've got two things I wrote about, two memories that I've dedicated to these two individuals and, you know, I look back from a cart fishing perspective and it makes me smile, you know, those, those memories. So, so yeah, so noddy, noddy, noddy nightmares leading into yeah, the I mean. Jerker. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, my yeah. my memory is terrible, but I can remember carp fishing scenarios like they were yesterday. Yeah. It's quite bizarre, um, but you no, know, the memories that I've got through carp fishing over the years, it, you you wouldn't take them away for anything. I, they just they, they just stay with they, you for the rest really of your do. life. Um, you know, I can remember where I was, what I was doing, who I was with for every single PB I've ever caught. Um, as can lots of people, I can, you know, look back on so many things with fond memories, you know, and there's things I look back on and I can't remember, but then when it comes to carp fishing, I can, and, um, you know, and, you know, I just love that I've got this hobby that just transcends so many positive things in, in my life and in other people's lives. And I've got this common ground with my family, my dad, my son, my, my friends and you know and i wouldn't change it for the world and uh you know and cart fishing's you know allowed me to fulfill one of my passions which i always wanted to be published and now i've been published and you know brian yeah um brian at talking carp you know i had a little chat with him and i i gave him the premise of the ideas i was thinking with and he went mate you write it i'll publish it didn't even he didn't even bat an eyelid you know where other people were a bit sort of like well you know a bit of a taboo subject or you know, I'm not sure. You know, Brian yeah. was brilliant. He's like, mate, you write it, I'll publish it. And I said, well, I've never written anything before. And he's like, mate, I'll proofread it. I'll tinker with it. And if there's any massive changes, you know, I'll talk to you about it. Not a drama. You write it. We'll go from there. And, you know, Talking Carp is free as well. So anyone can go and read it, uh, which I think is great. So, you know, the message that I'm trying to put out or, you know, the positivity or the, you know, what I'm trying to talk about is, it's there for anyone to read. And I think, I think that's a great as well that Bride gives up his time to do that. And, um, 
No, it's 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 really it's really good. I mean, it's it's just it's remarkable that that car fishing has got through you know the way yes. so many people yes. um, to help them in their life. Uh, and yeah, it, it's been great to hear thank your you. story. No, thank uh, you. It really, it's. It's hit a chord with me, and I'm sure it's hit a chord with a lot of the listeners. I'm sure they've gone, like I said before, yeah. I'm sure they've gone through moments in their life, dark times. We all do. You live long enough, you're going to go through them. And carp fishing is just that just that little bit of help. 100%. To and get I, you through I it. Hope, I hope I've been able to to, to to bring that across because I'm I'm very good at rambling and talking. So I hope it, I hope it, I hope, I hope everyone sort of no, understands where i'm coming from and i hope it makes sense and you know if you want to re- if you want to read the articles have no, a read the articles and i'm on so i'm on social media i'm, I'm yeah i'll know, put them I'm, I'm on the carp cogs page and you know on the facebook page for carp cogs so if you guys want to ask me any questions about it I'd, I'd love to answer them and if i can be of any help or support to anyone or point anyone in any directions you know it'll be it'll be my absolute pleasure to to talk about it i, I love talking about carp fishing and if I can, if, you know, if I can help anyone or you know steer anyone in yeah. the right direction, then please don't he- don't hesitate to get in touch. That's what I mean, the, car- this... the carp fishing community is about. Sorry, Red. No, I mean, no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just, there's so many things we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about you, your actual tactics that you use. The, oh, you know, I'd, your go-to methods. To. <laughs> I haven't even touched that. Um, but we, we, you know, we, we can we can get you I'd on again. That's, that's not a problem, and, and we can go for a bit more of your your angling style because obviously you're an accomplished angler. There's, there's no denying that. Fully appreciate you coming on and and, and telling us about no, your life because it's not an easy it's thing a, it's to do. It's a pleasure to share it with you. And like I was saying, if, if if it resonates with one person, then then you know I'm I'm yeah I'm, I'm sure happy. I'm I'm happy. You know, if one like like I said to Brian, if one person reads the article and goes. That, that that really struck a chord with me. That'd be great. And he was saying at last count, a hundred thousand people have read it. So yeah, so you know Wow. And I, I'm is. starting to think about the next articles I can write and you know, I think the next thing I'd like to do is I'd really like to try and develop the ideas in the articles into a book and, you know, start thinking about that. No, that's, that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and if you want me to come back and talk to you guys a bit more, I'd, I'd love to. So yeah, no, I've, I've I've really enjoyed chatting to you, mate. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been so easy and so natural, and you know, I, I wish you and Adam all the best for the podcast, and you know, keep going, mate. I I think what you both are doing is great, and I I love listening to you both. It's such easily listening, and you know, so stimulating from a carp fishing perspective. You know, keep doing it, mate. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, what we'll do, like I said earlier, we'll put all three articles from Talking Carp Please on the Carp Cogs Facebook page. Again, yes, they can. Anyone can, anyone can yeah. join that. Feel free to jump on board. It's been Absolute a great. Pleasure, thank mate. you very much, Matthew. You've been an absolute. Yeah, you've been a great, great guest, great first guest. Thank you to everybody who's listened. See you all on all the, the next episode of Carp Cogs. Bye bye.